Welcome back, and we are going to continue our To Be Continued. Here is part two of last week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Real Exes of Portland podcast, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I'm Heather. I'm Sophie. And I'm Amy. And we are real women, real friends, with real stories that are super juicy. And I might add, real boobs. (laughs) And we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at The Real Exes Portland. And we will be hanging out with you guys every Wednesday afternoon. And you know what Wednesday is? Wine Wine Wednesday. Wednesday. Cheers. Things in regards to mindset besides money, what would you say is another category? Absolutely. Well, and you know, I think it's funny because I heard this, I read it or I listened to it somewhere, but... If we think, just in general, if we think of these limiting thoughts that we have, so it doesn't have to be about money. It could be just, I mean, how about imposter syndrome, right? Oh, like we, thank you very uh, much. Yes. Mm-hmm. We all, you know, I, I remember when I started teaching specifically, like they always say like the first three years of teaching is kind of your make or break, right? Like if you can make it past those three years, you're probably a lifer. If not, I mean, those first three years are a challenge. And I just remember walking into the classroom my first year going, I, why, I can't believe they hired me. Like, why would they hire me? And now they're going to pay me what to like teach these children. And I think it's really natural. Here's the funny thing about like imposter syndrome. It's not, we all have that, but we just label it like that. But mm-hmm. when you go out and learn to ride a bike, we don't say that we have imposter syndrome to ride a bike, right? Right. Really, it's just lack of competence in the thing that we're doing. So when I'm talking about mindset, really all it is is like catching these negative thoughts and then really, first of all, examining. Awareness is the first thing we always have to be aware of the thoughts we're having and then go, okay, is that really true? Is that really what I'm thinking? Or is this... And whose thought is this? This could be your parents, you know, telling you when you were a child, like, this is how this is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I think mindset is so important. This is the thing I was going to say, though, is I read this somewhere that really, if you look at your limiting thoughts, the negative things, really, it comes back to one simple thing. And it's the feeling that we are not good enough. Oh, my gosh. Everything. You can really just, you know, keep going down through the layers. And it really comes down to... I'm just not good enough for whatever it is that is in front of you. And well, and then speaking from from my perspective, like I've been diagnosed late in life with dyslexia and ADHD. Um, talk about, you know, someone who didn't fit in yeah. a with the, the school system mm-hmm. and the way they taught. Um, always told, uh, you know, she could do better. Or if she just like focused or she just, you know, um, read through the summer don't go through the whole summer without reading I'm like slow uh, slow down slow down don't do your yeah because I would do my test fast and and um I I, and and you know and I remember I can like specifically see these kids that I went to school with and they got good grades and they always got accolades and they were like the student of the month and I would never get there and you know it it a lot of this stems from Mm -hmm early early years and and you know and then being a woman on top of that like a female 
having, you know, parents who are baby boomers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. know, it's just adding mm-hmm. upon adding. And then you and adding. then we're Gen X. Yes. And then what the hell happened to us? We were like uh, left Pushed to the, to the side. side, yeah, yeah. side yeah. Kick to the curb. Kick to the curb, you know. Right. Don't figure it out. It. Figure yeah. it out yeah. yourself. You're Babysit on your, own. your brother and, you know, he's a baby and don't worry about it. You're Literally, <laughs> I had to do that. Yeah, at 12. <laughs> so, I had to do it at 10. Okay. My oh, brother was born when I was overachiever. I also got a bra at 10, so I <laughs> I am overachiever. I'll just, I'll take that one. That's what I'll take. I'll take I that I developed best early in life. That's why. I mean, how pathetic is that? And that's the types of things. And um, so I've had a lot of like grieving to do. um, That All the things that I've lost. I feel like that I've lost that opportunity um, because of that. And I know, I mean, everybody has their story, but it's, Sure. Um, I don't know. It just, it's really, I, I'm always like kind of challenged with that and not feeling like I'm enough. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, but then I, I don't know, but then I've learned to also, you know, then there's these other superpowers and I think maybe that's what I need to focus on is my other superpowers mm-hmm. Yeah. That make me. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's they're interesting. natural. You have, I mean, there, yeah. There's all this, all the stuff that you feel inadequate in your childhood. Like I, we have similar mm-hmm. uh, um, situations and stuff. Um, but and we do carry that. You know, we pack this our childhoods away. Because, you know, we've reached a certain age that now we're an adult and now life is fast. It is moving fast. You don't have time to unpack the shit that happened or that you felt or the feeling. So you just have these, you know, pieces of luggage that you keep piling up super tall. And all of a sudden it never takes away. You like grow up and you have to morph into whoever you are at that time and it doesn't take away the, like the little girl or the young teenage girl that you were back in the day of not we're supposed to nur- nurture that yeah that girl even yeah at this at our age oh I know yeah. mm-hmm. and most of us have lost her mm-hmm. or have put her somewhere and can't even find her and there's this piece where I mean I at least my parents, uh, I tested, did all the testing for ADD and it never popped up when I was younger, but what it looked like when we were younger isn't what it looks like today or what they know of today. Yeah. Had maybe you had this diagnosis when you were younger, you could blame it on the diagnosis and not blame it on yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not feel broken, not feel enough. And that is the thing that I think more of us. It doesn't matter if you're ADD, dyslexic, or maybe yeah. the neurodivergent brain, but you know, you are enough. And to, to use your gifts mm-hmm. and to, I mean, you're, you have survived all of these things, having these diagnoses. And I know that doesn't take away from your pain, but you're extremely gifted women. Woman, sorry. What is that song? I'm every woman. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's true. Well, 
playback. So what's so self sabotage mm-hmm. money? The relationship with money is is there another um, area from the mindset perspective that helps? You know, I think again, looking through it through my own lens, you know, it's it's that feeling of not being good enough or finding. It's funny because I see this happen a lot, and I'm guilty of it. I think we all do it, but you know, just finding all of the excuses why something won't work, mm-hmm. right? Like, why isn't the, you know, I can't do it. I don't have enough time. I'm a single mom. I've got this happening and this other thing. And, um, but the truth is like, everybody has, right? Like when we have a circumstance, we can't control life. Like there's mm-hmm. always going to be things that happen. So Whenever I talk about like mindset, things like law of attraction and things come up and I realize that has like a negative connotation these days because it, it seems very like woo woo blow, like, oh, all I have to do is say some positive affirmations and my life's Mm going to be different. And that's not what it is, what it's really about in my opinion. But, um, when we are looking at all of these excuses, like I always say, like, are you arguing for your limitations or for your success, right? Mm. Because that's what we do. We get in these cycles where it's like, here's all the reasons why it won't work. But it's like, what if you just change, you reframe that Mm -hmm. and you start going, okay, but what if I'm looking for all the reasons it will? And you just keep doing that. Again, awareness is key. We have to be, anybody could have a lot of different reasons why, you know, the way they feel, why it's not going to work. But we have to be start becoming aware of our words and our thoughts Mm -hmm. because those two things will give us the clues that, hey, I've got this belief buried in me that, you know, this isn't possible for me or whatever it may be. And then we can start once we know about it, then we can start doing something about it. But until then. I worked with um, a life coach this summer, which was super exciting for me. I had never I'd always wanted to, but I finally took the steps and Um, You know, I think I'm pretty on top of catching my thoughts when I have them. And until I worked with her, I was like, okay, there was a whole bunch of stuff that even I wasn't aware of. And so working with somebody too, I think can be really helpful in identifying those things. Because if it's unconscious of it, how are we going to know, right? Like it's very hard to find that, so... Right. And we've been focusing on the negative for so oh, many 100%. years that it's it it takes quite a shift yes. to focus on the positive. I mean, and that's basically what it is. What you think about, you'll get more of is kind Absolutely. of the, the um, mantra. So yes. if you're always putting yourself down or always thinking things are um, not good, you know, my life is terrible. I have this, I don't have enough money. I don't have a good job. I don't, you know, and if you're always just saying that, then that's the way your life is going to be. But if you are like, okay, I've got this. I actually, I do live in a great house. I drive a great car. I've got a lot of friends. I have, I've got this. I'm, I'm smart. I passed this test. I, I, I accomplished starting my own business. Like, wow, I actually have some things. Absolutely. um, well, and I'm saying all this because I've been actually working on that, changing the shift of the yeah. mindset from focusing on the negative to focusing on the positive. So I definitely agree with that wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing that I've learned too with this, and it's hard to do, mm-hmm. is, you know, manifestation kind mm-hmm. of similar too, right? Um, 
is to actually feel what it would feel like yes. to have that. Oh, yes, yes, 100%. And oh, yeah. once Absolutely. you start feeling that, it like it perpetuates and mm-hmm. and that's where the manifestation and, and all that but trying to feel yeah that inner like how excited you would be or what it would you know how how life would be and you know you going through life and your kid is you know having a meltdown and you deal with it in a different way um it, it, it perpetuates like positivity and things mm-hmm. changing for you but yeah that that trying to feel that yeah. like it's one thing to say oh right you know like that's the key mm-hmm. yes what was it what was the guy from saturday night live oh. uh mr oh, oh no and he mr smiley i don't know he goes <laughs> i am wonderful i am like mm. you know and he looks in the mirror and does his affirmations and all that sort of stuff but then like turns around and you know and has you know not a happy face so oh. yeah it's just a matter mm. of like trying to trying to get really deep into it um that's that's hard I find that very difficult it, to it, do it's yeah. very because I'm run by my emotions mm-hmm. I think we all are yes. and especially with women we've got uh, we this deep probably deep. thousands deep. of years yeah, of, generational oh, generational yes. oh my god you're right 100 percent. it's absolutely yeah. yes we just and how I mean just thinking of your parents and their parents and just all of these ideas and beliefs that have been passed down and nobody's questioned really because it's just the way it is and then you inherit that and then because and that's what I usually say is when I check myself like when I'm feeling a certain way I'm like is this really my thought is it mine like mm. because I feel that way or is it something and that's kind of my test um, which is but that feeling piece is key I always say act as though feel as if right like and it's hard until you get into the practice of doing it mm-hmm. Um, and what you're talking about is one of my favorite subjects because it's identity shifting. It's not just thinking about being a different person. It's really adopting the whole identity of the person you want to become. And wow. it's, it's huge. It has worked. I have found it out. So quick example, um, when I started getting into the mindset coaching and, you know, again, here comes the imposter syndrome. Like, who am I? <laughs> who am I to talk about this? Um, but all of a sudden I I was talking to somebody one day about it and it was just some of the things I was saying, it was flowing easier. I just felt it. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, Oh, it's because I am taking the identity of the person I want to be. I've been working really hard on doing that. And suddenly it's like, right. I, I heard one time it's like the universe doesn't give you what you desire. The universe gives you a reflection of who you are. Yep, so I've heard that too. yes, so you have to become the person you want to be, or you know, act, act as that act person, as mm-hmm. and then the universe magnetizes those things that come along with being that type of person. So. And I think a lot of this, and this is just a piece of it, is that we have all these insecurities, and we know who we want to be, but a huge part is that we have to stop comparing ourselves. Yes. Comparing ourselves to our friend, comparing ourselves. When we were talking about money earlier, something that constantly pops up in um, on Instagram that I appreciate the encouragement of voices that I hear is that there are a million Starbucks's. You know, they're on every corner, but every Starbucks is making money. So mm-hmm. you just insert yourself. We are all people on and we're each on a block and we Mm -hmm. have these gifts 
and we can charge $5 or we could charge $100 and each person will find the $5 people and others will find the $100 people and it will work. This is very good. I love this because I've been trying to get that get there yeah we just have to like break ourselves down that we're not talking we're not comparing ourselves from starbucks to starbucks or person to person there is a unique you and the world needs the unique you and there's another unique sophie because not everybody's going to resonate with exactly exactly and the way you can tell it the way you can teach it or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. is going yes and so mm-hmm. I think comparing or no longer comparing is huge. Yeah. And that starts to work with the identity stuff. But it's hard to work on the identity if you're continuously comparing yourself. Yeah. Well, it's also, just to put this out here, out there yeah. too, when you're on your identity, then, you know, you talk to your parents once a week or twice a week or whatever have you. And then there's you become this little girl again. Like, you know, some of those, Mm -hmm. some of the things that your, your mom would say to you and, Oh, don't be like that. You're just, and, and it kind of like, and then it goes back to like, and it's not their fault or anything, but it's something that has maybe as a trigger or what have Mm -hmm. you. And I think that is a whole and those are type of barriers. So it's yes. not like, okay, I can get to this mindset. Okay, I'm going to take my identity. I'm going to, this is who I am. I'm, you know, th- this is the work Sophie. She's, you know, she can, you know, stand up, do presentations and talk with like a lot of enthusiasm, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to be this Sophie. And then mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes me down. Like, and then, especially during COVID, like, and I'm, I'm saying like when Kyle was like coming down the stairs and I'm working and he's mm-hmm. like, mommy. And I'm like, oh. oh my God, this break. And it took me a lot. And I had to read about it during COVID was that mm-hmm. it, it, like you literally use a different part of your brain. When someone says, mommy, I may as well be lactating. Cause that's how <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. But it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. true. And the same thing with parents, your kids, you know, your siblings. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of history and it, it is so Absolutely. into, like sewn into your soul. Mm-hmm. Like it, those yeah. things are hard to oh, break. Yes. And that all comes from like another piece, which is hugely important in all things, which I am only speaking from my personal experiences, boundaries, oh, like boundaries. Yes. Yep. I mean, we talk about it anytime we shared anything at the beginning of our relationship, we were sharing on our podcast about relationships and how there may have been a pattern of dating the same type of personalities is really in the spectrum of is while it is a person's fault for how they treat you, it is also your fault for not putting boundaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that really encompasses everything. I remember a conversation I had had with family and, uh, and I was just sharing something, but I think a sibling had said, you know, we kind of all took this literal is I had said something after my divorce, nobody is ever going to tell me what to do again. Like Mm -hmm. nobody is going to tell me what to do again. And and I was telling my family that this is what I had told my ex-spouse and and my family's loud and we all tell each other what to do. But a lot of that kind of stopped because 
they had heard that I had said this in one way and um, it had maybe been perceived another way. But Mm -hmm. I... I, when I was dating other people, when I was dating my current husband, I looked at him and I said, you, I just will not, you will not tell me what to do. I won't accept it. So if you're going, if you're the kind of person who's going to tell somebody what to do, cause he works in management, mm-hmm. but I'm not having that kind of relationship, mm-hmm. but I put that boundary down, Absolutely. but to continue to keep those boundaries, like you can still feel what you can about family and those situations and I'm not necessarily saying this would be easy but either share the boundary like you I I can't hear this mom or you can't say this mom or you I know that that you might not even be able to have the conversation so you create a boundary in your mind if this is said then you have to change the subject or whatever Mm -hmm. But boundaries are huge, and we as women have been taught just to do and to do and just stuff it. Exactly and, that. And or, or morph into or more, yeah. whatever yes. the person, whoever you're dealing with, yeah. wants you to be. It's being many, it, many women. Yeah, the people-pleasing. <laughs> yeah. Pe- like, that's a people-pleasing, yeah, adapting to whatever the needs are, even though it's not your belief or your, it's not mm-hmm. your comfort level or it's not... I have done that for years and you will be happy to know, Amy, because you've talked to me about boundaries, (laughs) is that I um, got several um, links or attachments or whatever from my therapist the other day and I printed them all off and they're all about boundaries. (laughs) Yep. And they're on the coffee table. I kind of feel like if we worked on boundaries Mm -hmm. and identity at the Mm -hmm. same time, we could Mm -hmm. almost be an entirely different person. Absolutely. And then you add all the trickle of everything else in but boundaries are so huge if you don't have boundaries we become people we aren't yeah well in hearing you say it really a boundary is simply a commitment to that new identity right like it's literally you saying this is who I am am. now and this is the parameters that you get with that totally and then sticking with it it's hard though Mm because I have some other people that I know that are very good at boundaries and I have a hard time dealing with them because I'm not that type of person. And I'm like, well, shoot, I would change my plan to go do whatever. Why are they so rigid? You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah. it's Well, you know hard. what I think happens in, in those situations yeah. is that, and, and I think this is where we have a hard time with our identity, is that we don't seem friendly or accommodating. Yes, or <clears throat> right, that's we, it. We, yeah. we look like, very selfish yes and we're taught not to be selfish and putting boundaries up is a very selfish thing to do Mm. because you're protecting yourself yeah and and that's huge it is it's hard to be selfish like you're you're taught to be selfless oh yeah right everything about society is Mm -hmm. tells us to be selfless and to do and then you're a mom on top of that and then you give everything and and then you lose yourself but then you see another generation coming up and you see them being very protective pushback they have their own i you know they're very they identify very specifically and are moving forward and pretty boldly about it yeah right Uh, you know and and we do hear from the 
other generations that they're very selfish. They, they're <laughs> yeah. very like inconsiderate. Yeah. However, I mean, there's so much truth to it. There's just so, I mean, there's well, so, so much truth in how they're living with being bold about laying down those boundaries and just being okay with it. Yeah. 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 So even though, so like maybe once I figure out my boundaries and solidify them, it won't be so hard for me to deal with the other people that have their solid boundaries. I don't know. Possibly. Like, but I think it's going to be more important for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's all about me, people. (laughs) It is. (laughs) But. Well, and maybe, maybe once you have that mindset, you'll then become more understanding. That's it. That's the word right there. Yes. Their, yes. their boundaries are going to be different than your That's boundaries. Right. And they, it's, it still might seem like they're a little rough around the edges. Right. But maybe once you've gotten yourself to a point where you feel like, oh, I have clearly set boundaries. I'm comfortable with it. I've lived it out a little bit. Maybe you can look at them and be like, oh, I kind of understand why they do that now. Yep. That and kind of feel once you're in that position. The right. one thing I have done since this brain injury and a little bit before that is uh, a coping mechanism for me is to stay busy during trauma, during very uncomfortable me situations. Me too. Yeah. Like I don't sit down at all. Go, go, go. Yeah, go I'm anything. go, go, go. Yep. And I, during my coping, like in my other marriage, I felt kind of successful while the marriage wasn't successful. I could feel independently successful because I was doing all these things and I need to stay busy. But then I was exhausted. And when mm-hmm. I went through the divorce, uh, my family was really pretty good about sheltering me and reminding me like, you need rest, you need to do this thing. And so as I got healthier over the years, I might want to hang out with family. I might want to hang out with friends, but I will say no because I know I won't be able to function the next three days for the people who live with me or to earn income at my work because I need the money. So now I will, like, I don't have the kids this week. I, with the exception of podcasting and going out with one friend, I could fill up my schedule and I would have a good time, but I just won't do that because it's just not worth it anymore. Yeah, you need to yeah. you need to rest. And I think women in general need to do that as well. Like put those boundaries down that it's okay to say, no, I love you. I want to hang out with you, but I can't mm-hmm. because there are people I live with mm-hmm. who I'm more accountable to. And they matter, too. Mm -hmm. I think as women, we can plan, 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 plan. And we want to do all this external stuff. But then who pays for it? Not only ourselves, but our families Mm -hmm. who live with us. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. 100%. And then we justify it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they'll be okay. They're kids. They're independent. They're doing this. And all those things are true. But they look yeah. to mom mm-hmm. for uh, yeah. for answers. They look to mom for, I have this problem or I didn't do That's this. Right. And if we don't have enough energy or like emotional well-being for them, then they suffer too. So I think setting boundaries, especially at home or in social families, like if you have a big family, you have a big family. I know you don't see them often, but yeah. you have a big family. When you're around big families, you want to see everybody all the time or you want to interact or whatever. And 
you just have to say no. Mm-hmm. And it might look, make you look like the bad guy or like you're being selfish, but you're not. You're actually protecting you and you're protecting the people you live with. Yeah, that's that's really hard. And I think with you, like, so as you're talking and we know, you know, your health and mm-hmm. the importance of saying no. I, I, so like I know the backstory. So like if I were to say, hey, do you want to go out for dinner tomorrow night or whatever? And you say, no, I would, I know kind of why. I think that's part of the problem for me too. If somebody has boundaries and they just say no, I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, wh- why not? I mean. You take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so knowing, yeah. but it's, it's not my business. I, I realize yeah. it's not my business with other with other people. What the answer what is? What the answer is? The but reason. I but I want to know. So like yeah. if I'm texting with someone, and they're just like, "Oh, I can't make it." I'm like, "Well," and some people will just say that, but some people will be like, "Oh, I can't make it. My my kid is sick, or I need mm-hmm. to run up to Vancouver and see my family, or whatever." And so then I'm like, "Oh, okay." But if people are just like, "No, I don't feel like it," uh, I'm <clears throat> yeah. And then, so yes, I'm offended. So we've learned, I think we've learned mm-hmm. in this, and I'm not sure where we learned it from. You all can pipe yeah. in where you, where we think <laughs> we learned it from is that we, there needs to be a reason. Yes, we oh. have learned that. At least I was groomed to be that a way. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we're all were like, yeah. you give a reason that yeah. is the courteous To me, that's polite. That's yes. The, yes. It's yes. polite. But now that I'm older and I am not offended by how I grew up, like mm-hmm. how my parents or my family raised me, but I just think differently. Like I don't have, to, I normally do give a reason, right. but I don't have to give a reason. Right. And I don't think mm-hmm. we should expect a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yesterday. So mm-hmm. I'll use yesterday as an example. Yesterday, I, I put out on our Facebook group of like 80 women, hey, come on over to my house. You know, I'll make soup, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I cleaned up the house. It needed to be cleaned anyway, but I, I <laughs> did a good all excuse. the things. Right. And, old, and Kelly showed up and it was just one person. And... Um, and I was, I was, she thought, oh my gosh, I'm the first person here. And I was like, oh, I think we're, it's just going to be us. I'm so sorry. It's just me. And, um, and she was like, oh, and I said, well, you know, some people, I said, the one thing I want to do when I invite people over to my house now versus like 10 years ago, 15 years ago is if they wake up and they don't feel like it. Mm. They shouldn't feel like they have to come I, and or that there should be this big reason like, oh, my kid <laughs> is sick or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody is dying or something. I feel like in today's world, if you can be there, come, come as you are. If yeah. you can't be there, that's OK with me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that sh- I think it's, that's where right. I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with that, too. Still. I do, too. And I think that's partly where I get offended, too, is because I am like, well, I'm still going to make this work. I have all these other things going on. I'm going to, you know, it's the polite thing to do to, to, to still go and see. I'll bend over backwards to to make it work, even if I don't really want to. That's and so right. then when I have something and people, everyone doesn't come and I know why they're not coming. Maybe I'm like offended because I'm like, well, I would have, I, I would have made it work. Like, why are you, you know, 
Okay, so I see two things here. Yeah. I see one, you've just crossed over your boundaries. There's, yep, yep. And two, it just went out of my I head. Know. <laughs> well, I know. Well, I know. Okay. And well, and for me, it's interesting just to listen to it because to me, it's like that's your belief system. You're mm-hmm. overlaying your own narrative on. So, do you instantly, when they say no, is your thought pattern to be like, well, then they don't like me, or there's something mm-hmm. wrong, or there's something? Where Where do you no, kind of go to? I would with say it? I don't. I'd never. I have thought that it's they don't like me or they don't want to spend time with me. It's more the fact that they're not making an effort. Okay. So that's interesting, right? Because your belief mm-hmm. is that if that was important, they would make the effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it might not be the truth at all. That mm-hmm. story is your story that you're overlaying on it. And it could be as simple as maybe they've just had a really cruddy day or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just interesting how we do that, right? Yeah. So as you're saying that, my my thought process for that is so my mom did this my mom always hosts events at our house and we didn't have a huge house and we would cram as many people Mm -hmm. and it was not about my mom it was always about the people Mm -hmm. and so for me hosting things isn't about me it's always like who feels like they just need to get away who feels like they need to connect so that's why I don't take it personally. It's yeah. more about like, just come like, and if right. you can't come, then, then obviously nobody needs to come and nobody needs to feel like they need to get away. And I just go on yeah, throughout my day. Interesting. But that's yeah. how I like think about it because that's how I was raised. And yeah. that's how I watched my mom do that. Mm-hmm. But I would feel like that, like, Heather, like, like yeah. that would be my reaction would yeah. be like, oh, well, you know, I did all these things for you. Like why? Like I've... Right. Made the yeah. effort to come right. to your thing just last week, and I had a crappy exactly. day, and I had a migraine headache, and mm-hmm. um, and my, I still my, did it. My yeah. daughter needed me. You know, my daughter's home from college, and she wanted to spend time with me, but I knew I had this other thing. So, so then, yeah, that's why I. It's so hard for me because I always make it work mm-hmm. yeah yeah make the make the effort is the word I guess you, I, I, you like I would that literally feel terrible if if I disappointed somebody oh uh-huh. yes yep. that that There's, is it feels like a failure to me like I don't ever want to disappoint anyone in my life mm-hmm. yeah and um and that's a whole other yep because you put that on yourself mm-hmm. when it's shouldn't you, you shouldn't feel guilty mm-hmm. yeah but I, you know, Catholic, Italian, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you're, you're yeah. made to feel guilty. You're that, made to mm-hmm. get forgiveness. You're made mm-hmm. to feel you did wrong. There's wrong and right. And that's wrong. Yep. There's no gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is a burden. And that is mm-hmm. from centuries and centuries of, yeah. of oh, us yeah. keeping those types of burdens in our life. You hit the word right on the head, guilt guilty I feel guilty about a lot of things all all the time for years probably Mm -hmm. my whole life yeah yeah Yeah, I I totally get that I feel guilty about my house being a mess I feel guilty I don't think it looks no no no, I I actually washed the floor and swept it I had Mr. Blue help me so um (laughs) but but, so those kind of things you feel guilty I feel guilty about it I look at it and I'm like ugh. And then if I know someone's coming over, I'm like, I'm just such a, 
you know, you get down I'm on me- yourself. I get down on myself and I don't want to disappoint anybody. And I like to, um, please. Mm-hmm. And I like that feeling that it gives me the gratification. Mm-hmm. So here's this thing where you go from gratification, what gratifies you. And then the opposite is guilt. What's yeah. what should be the opposite of gratification? It shouldn't be guilt. No. Yeah, but no, it, it should just be oh shit. <laughs> yeah, right. that sucks. It's oh just, well. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. It's so right. hard to let. But it just I feel roll guilty off your about shoulder. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you live yeah. and it just kind of oh, another guilty thing I have to live with. So collection I, of guilt. A collection of is. guilt. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely have felt guilty and. Like I am a people pleaser, but when I stopped, I guess when I grasped, like you were saying that whole identity piece, like Mm -hmm. this is who I want to be. This is who I don't want to be anymore. Just breaking, setting small things. I don't even know necessarily how I did it, but I definitely know my divorce was a pivotal piece of it all. (laughs) But I just went from people pleasing to doing everything because I felt good about myself which we shouldn't be feeling good about ourselves in that matter we should just know that we're good we know we're we know we're smart we know we're enough but the boundaries piece was huge like the moment I started putting boundaries it it was it was like I was blaming on the boundary instead mm. of maybe feeling emo- take that emotion and blame it on the battery mm. or boundary this is who I'm going to be because I made my own rules or I laid my own, this is it. So when you get upset about it, you're, you start shifting. I'm not getting upset at me or I'm not getting upset at them. I'm getting upset because there's a boundary that I've placed and you kind of start reverting it to back down to the boundary. And then all of a sudden when you feel better because you're not people pleasing all the time, then all of a sudden you start to realize, oh, the boundary isn't so bad because actually now it's it's freeing, kind of. Freeing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a, maybe that's what you need to feel yeah. is like uh, the gratification or freeing. Like, yeah. why feel guilty? And that, yeah. I that that guilt thing is. And really then also, bad. you don't have to be wishy washy in your decision. No. Also, if you have that clear yeah. boundary, because I'm often wishy washy about. Yeah, too. no, all the yeah. all the things that we're saying or all the things that I was in my marriage and a little bit out, but then when I went through some therapy, mm-hmm. I definitely the boundaries was huge. Boundaries are so important. We tell our children to have boundaries, but yeah. we don't have boundaries <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, I agree. And so and I don't like for me, I don't want my kids to look at me today. You know, when we were younger, we I, I at least felt like I was growing up with them. I mean, I was a young mom. And even mm. if you're not a young mom, you're still growing with them. Mm-hmm. They're growing up. You're growing up. You've never been in this stage of life. So now that I've taught them to have boundaries and now all my kids are teenagers and a little bit more independent, I don't want them to look at me and be like, mom had no boundaries in this stage of her life. Mom didn't do this. So then, I mean, I have kids at home who will be like, Mom, you should go to bed. You need to go to bed. <laughs> like, you won't feel good if you don't go to bed. Yeah. They see my, I mean, they see a boundary that I should be setting for myself <laughs> that I haven't. So I think it's just as important for us to have boundaries as it is 
to have them see that we have boundaries. So when they get to our age, they can be like, my mom did this for herself mm-hmm. because in the end, she was a better person for it. Good role, role model. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! So Nicole, where were we? <laughs> we you, you just listened to our ther- little therapy session. No, this was I. No, I love all oh of it. Gosh. It's well, I think we. Part of it too is I think, Sophie, like what you. It's a Generation X thing too. I think a lot of this, mm. you know, for myself, yeah. I'm just thinking back, and I'm like, yeah, because it, we were raised similarly, right? Mm-hmm. Like with some of the techniques and tactics that our, <laughs> our parents use, right? And we techniques were left, and tactics. Yes, I love that's, it. that's uh, the nice way yeah. to, <laughs> to say it. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's just kind of how we grew up. And so we have, but as women too, I hate to keep saying that over and over, but it's true. We just, we absorb all that and turn it into, into the guilt. But yeah. And really, we're really, because we're stuck in this like generation piece, we're really either either we blame it on the past and there's no fault I feel like uh, on how our parents raised us because that's all they knew that's what I was just gonna say everybody does the best they can with the knowledge that they have yeah so we either like blame it on the past or we actually just take this generation and try and change it try Mm -hmm. and morph it I mean I kind of like this while this new generation is getting a lot of crap for the boundaries that they're setting, how they view jobs, how they view uh, what they're worth, and I have I'm mm-hmm. like I have some positive and negatives <laughs> on that on that mindset piece. Yeah. But overall, I feel like they have grasped something that we as a generation need more of. Mm-hmm. I almost feel too, Amy, like when you were talking about it, it's like watching the newer generations just kind of take control and have those boundaries in place it's almost like a little bit of jealousy like yes. what uh-huh. like you I, you can do that <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah right like oh, you yeah. just kind of like oh yeah like I felt that way but we were just told you just you yeah know, you get the job you do the thing and you just keep going and we weren't really allowed to <laughs> I'm tired now <laughs> now wait a minute going clear back to the um the mindset I think yeah. that's where this all started. Yeah. yeah so the what... mindset we talked about, um, number one was money. Number two was just feeling good enough. Like, oh, good enough. You know, and so then we yeah. started talking about boundaries. Yep. Okay. Yep. Do you have a number three? Mm. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Think about, there's so many. Some of them are just really personal, right? Like to each person. But whenever you've been in a situation where you're like going to do something new or different, like what comes up? Are there any dominant feelings that sort of come up for any of you that fear? Yeah. So fear. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love talking. About I was just going to say too. feeling sick to, to your, my stomach. Yeah, which I guess is fear. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the thing about fear. Like it's never going away. Like mm-hmm. we'll always have it to some degree to different Lovely. situations or whatever. So I'm always like, you just make friends with fear. You know what it is. You know. And like my whole journey coming out here and starting this business, like I was scared shitless, like because I was moving (laughs) my family to a place where I didn't know anybody, like all my family's back in the Midwest. You know, I knew literally three people. One of them was my son moving out here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if this fails, like (laughs) 
what am I going to do, right? Well, it's expensive to move, oh. too. Is oh, the my other gosh. Thing. That is a and whole itself, different thing. Yeah, right. All those money fears yeah. were very present <laughs> for me <laughs> when I came out here. Just as a perspective, my mm. rent here oh. in Oregon was oh. three times my house payment back in Wisconsin. So I it was... It. It's very expensive to live here in Absolutely. Oregon. I feel like that's evening out in a lot of places now, but mm-hmm. it's still... Everything yeah. is, you know. So I had so much fear, but... You know, it was like I took it. You know, here's the thing. Whenever you're doing something new, right? Like we know this intellectually. Mm-hmm. It's just the actual action of doing it. It's like when you step through that fear, usually everything you want is on the other side of it. It's just mm-hmm. getting to that place. And I feel like the more you do it, the m- it's still uncomfortable, but you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's the key, the really. Practice. Because here's the this okay, so I can talk and talk and talk about these things, but Right. Like when we're feeling uncomfortable, when we feel fear. So our brain's job is to keep us safe. That's right. right. And even if it's not a great situation, it might still feel safe to our brain because it's known. The unknown is scary. Mm -hmm. So when we so we have this comfort zone that is around us. And the second we start butting up against the edge of that, we start feeling uncomfortable and fear. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always think of it. I check myself now, like I'm starting to feel nervous about it. I'm like, okay, that's actually a good sign because it means I'm leaving that comfort zone and I'm what I want is outside of it because growth doesn't happen inside comfort, right? We're just true. (laughs) We just stay the same. So that's a way to think about fear is like reframe it. Think about it as it's a it's a sign. It's a it's a sign that you're going in the right direction. Not everything has to be comfortable Mm -hmm. to, you know, I mean, and no matter where you're at, like you might achieve some level of success, but you're still going to feel that fear when you go above that. Mm -hmm. Like it's a constant process, but being aware of the process, excuse me, can be helpful, right? In moving through it. So I like your, I like you saying like make fear your friend. Yeah. Instead of having this negative connotation that we all hear about fear and all of a sudden anxiety starts popping (laughs) up Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, you kind of could be feeling like you're hyperventilating Mm -hmm. depending on the situation. And really, like you said, you know, make fear your friend versus your enemy and you won't look at it the same way. Absolutely. And it's funny when you, and then if you look in the past and you look at the different fears that you've had or different changes that you've made that was very that was really outside of your comfort zone then you start connecting all the different aspects of your life where you've hit that fear even if it's coming up to your divorce or what have you or moving um, or job change or having a child, (laughs) then but then then it brings you to and you're like I would not be right here right Absolutely. now right I would not be in this position sitting in this seat doing this podcast if we did not have that connection with Mr. X yeah yes. right and and it just and it's like wow like no yeah. who would have it would have never crossed our mind it was something no. that would never have crossed our mind no. no yeah and the the yeah and then you and when you start thinking that it was like wow I like and you can kind of see a path, but the path may not be this straight. Yeah. Straight and narrow. <laughs> it's not a straight line. There's no straight line. It might line be really messy, <laughs> but bumpy, that's okay. Bumpy, windy road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and putting it in perspective, just exactly what you were saying, like 
think about the hardest times in your life that you've had to move through fear and remind yourself. It's funny because there's only two innate fears. Do we know this? Like there's only two innate fears that we are born with. Do you have any guesses on what they are? Oh. It's kind um. of surprising, really. So guess so uh, like nope. uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like pain. Like okay. feeling pain. I don't know. I don't like yeah. That would be well, I that's a good that, answer. That makes yeah. Good answer, good like answer. We're on, we're on a, a game, game show. show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's create pain. our own right now. <laughs> that's, my that's the next branch of your brain. Yes, You're I gonna love have it. the real X's game show. I love um it. so there's only two, and that is the fear of falling. Oh yes. And I, the fear of loud noises. Those are the only two innate fears we're born weird. with. <gasps> Everything else is a learned fear. <gasps> Isn't that interesting? That is very So when you are feeling fear, if it's not one of those two things, it's not somewhere real. along the line you have picked it up. You have learned it. That's why some, I mean, think of fear of the dark, right? Like that's a very common one. Some people don't have it though. Right. Actually, I was uh, a friend of mine. I was watching her kids the other night and she has a two-year-old and I was trying to get him into bed. So I was in his room and I shut the lights off and it, he got up and he's playing. He's <laughs> just playing with his toys. Like, and I'm like, he was fearless. Like, he didn't have that fear. Mm-hmm. And it just made me really realize that. But, yes, yeah, so those are the only two fears we have. So when you are feeling fear, first of all, check yourself again. Like, is this a real fear? And if it's not one of those, then how did I get it? And why am I feeling it? But it's also good to put it in perspective. Because, obviously, we have different levels of fear in different situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just always say this. So... Um, like I think one of the hardest things I ever did in my life was walking my son down the aisle of his father's funeral. Mm. Like it was horrible for me, like taking those steps to walk down to our seat, awful. And sometimes when I'm just in that place where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to pick up the phone and call this client and it might be a really big job. And then I'm like, why am I putting this much energy into stressing about it? I've done a lot harder things that, you know what I mean? And it just really helps, like, even that playing field and make it. I'm still, like, on the, the falling and the, <laughs> and the noise. Thing. I know. I know. That is crazy. Yeah. Because, down. you know, the other thing is, is that even with my son, like, I was pretty fearful of him falling or at a park and where is he and, you know, oh, my God, and he's walking and he's all of a sudden on walking down a slide and I'm like, yeah. bang I'm Mm -hmm. like you know um and I put that fear in him so I realized soon after um when he was like four or five and we were at a boy's birthday party and he's not very rumble tumble kind of boy (laughs) so we would be at this birthday party and these boys were just like on top of each other and just like kind of wrestling around and Kyle's like um, mom, can I sit with you? And he would sit on my lap and just watch them because he was too fearful yeah. to hurt himself. And I, that's my fear. Yeah. I gave yeah. that to him. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah. Taking um, Nicole off on no, these long is, tangents. I, okay, that's like what I do all the time. Okay. So it's yeah. just like, I'm totally used to it. It's all good. <laughs> so in the course now, like mm. you're taking your mindset and you're putting it into a course, is yeah. this uh, multiple instructions in a course or how are you visioning these courses to be? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. So really what I'm kind of, th- this is not, I'm not quite through the whole design process of okay. it yet. So yeah. it's still falling in place, but um 
what I would like to really do is kind of break down, help people to understand, first of all, because I think sometimes people, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if you're not aware that your belief patterns and systems are necessarily keeping you stuck from where you want to go, first of all, kind of dissecting and defining that so Mm -hmm. people understand it. But then taking those top ones that kind of, and I'm focusing specifically on business owners because that, again, is kind of where I feel I understand it a little bit more. Um, But taking those common ones and then sort of helping people become aware of some of the ways it can present and then what you can do about it, right? Like some of the steps you can take. Um, As a starter, I think eventually, like I would love to do a course on like the identity shifting and sort of planning out that whole vision of the future. Cause I think that's a key component of it as well as you have to know where you're going mm-hmm. because if you just kind of daydream bits and pieces, it doesn't help you to get really yeah. focused and Specific. solid on it. Yeah. Sure. So that's, that's where I'm hoping that it, that it kind of goes. So that's where I'm at with that. If that was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, we'll have to, um, you I tell us when this is, when it's not yeah. out there. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I mean, the goal is I would like to be launching this end of January, beginning of February is okay. is kind of the date I have on the calendar right now. So, um, yeah. That's not too far away. That's it's exciting. It's not. Yeah. I've been working on it daily. Oh <laughs> kind gosh, of, you are yeah. good. So. You're dedicated. So mm-hmm. when the course is out there and mm-hmm. people c- can have access to the course, what do you want to do after that? Are you still going to be focusing on photography or are mm, you willing question. to do other things? Like, yeah. Where, where do you see yourself? That's a super awesome question because I've asked myself that question mm-hmm. many times. I love it. I can, I can't see myself not no. doing photography because it's not only is it just like, I love the business aspect of it, but I love doing it. Right. Sure. It feeds that creative part of me. So I feel like that'll always be a component. Um, I would love, but there is a part of me as well that would love to also in, incorporate this teaching part of it. And mm-hmm. so I'm not sure. That, that's the best answer I can give is I'm not sure where it will end up. Yeah. I think there will be room for both of those things in my I've, life. As you've sat here and talked, as cool of a course can be, which it will be. I feel by helping other people, like that's helping me too, right? I think yeah. that's a reciprocal yeah. relationship. And so mm-hmm. that helps feed my soul as well. Like that mm-hmm. is part of it. So um, I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll have to just have you back, Nicole. Well, yes. I would be 100% yes. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it. after your course is yes. online. That's a good that idea. would be great. Yeah. Yes. And by then I'll be like completely relieved because that will be all yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a lot yeah. of work up front, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that I would, would love it. Yeah, I, I'm so thankful for this opportunity and just to sit down with you all officially in this capacity. It's been amazing. Yeah, we love it. You are a rock star. Yeah. Oh my so gosh, so are you all. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna have to come to our next event. I, yes, yes. Lovely uh, side therapy session, <laughs> and it's Super been really awesome. good to get to know your backstory, mm-hmm. Nicole, and get Thank to know you, you better. Thank and you. yeah, you're just um, really comfortable to talk to yeah Yeah. I really enjoyed it yeah me too I enjoyed this too my first podcast by the way oh really fabulous I know it seems like I've probably done a million you sound great I'm just kidding (laughs) I'm totally kidding (laughs) 
We all sound great. Let's just be honest. No. Well, I've learned from you guys. Yeah. So. Well, let's raise a glass to Nicole. Um, yes. Wine thank you. Wednesday. Yes. Happy Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Bye. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate you listening to us, and we look forward to hanging out with you next Wednesday. Please join us. And in the meantime, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Exes Portland. Also, we would love to hear from you and hear some of your juicy stories. You can email us your stories at rxop.yourstory.com at gmail.com. Until next week. Bye. Bye.